and so I feel like the more I spoke, the more I got clear on what mattered to me and sort of what I stood for and what resonated with the folks that I want to connect with too, right? So the more I did that, the more clear I am now on like, what are the things I what are the things I want to talk about? What are the things I stand for? What are the things perhaps I'm known for? Um, and I've really leaned into those more and more as like time has gone on. And so I think the the best thing I have done is really just built that voice and brand through talking (laughs) and through and through putting it out there and it's so hard welcome to the online creator podcast i'm your host kim tradewell founder of may and james co a creative digital company building a brand is about human connection i am here to help you articulate your story through strategy development and execution I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. Sarah Vartanian is a launch strategist and copywriter at sarahvartanian.com and the host of the Launch Playbook podcast. She helps business owners use research and data to map their customers' journey so they can craft a launch experience that makes the people they love serving most feel seen and heard. In this conversation, we discuss how she uses audio to set up her business for success and how she helps her clients find their brand voice and so much more. Let's welcome Sarah to the show. Hi, Sarah. How you doing? Good, Kim. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on. I've been thinking about this and dreaming about this episode forever, honestly, because we've been talking about podcasting, your podcast in particular, and just podcasting in general for so long. So thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you. I mean, we have talked about podcasts a lot and my podcast, we had a great strategy call about it. And I am always going back to our notes from that. So I'm excited to be on yours. (laughs) Oh, it's so exciting to hear. And I can't wait to hear different ways that you've implemented some of those strategies and how that's working for you. Let's dive right into the first question. How have you leveraged your voice to better your business in the last you know, year or two? Or has it differed from when you started your business to where it is now, I guess? Absolutely. So since when I first started my business, I wasn't really producing very much content at all. And I would say none of like not sharing my perspectives or my expertise because I think in the beginning I really doubted that expertise and even though like I knew I could do something for my clients and I knew that my clients would tell me like oh I really liked this or this is really wonderful it took me a while to actually like really own that in myself before I'd be willing to start sharing that so that's changed a lot and I think now part of that has come with experience and maybe age (laughs) um you know my confidence is built and so since then what I've done to leverage my voice is there was some blog writing for a while where I was doing that and it's something I still want to go back to but I moved into podcasting I started a podcast a couple years ago now and I started sharing I want to say I started sharing what I would call like my sawdust. Do you know what I mean by that? Like 
I may have had some things I'd recorded for somebody else, like a presentation I'd done from somebody else. And I actually started out with like pulling that content at first because I was a little nervous that I didn't know what to say on a podcast. I was a bit worried about it. So Uh, so I used things that I already had created, a little training I'd made for maybe some clients and things like that. And that's how I got started with it. Um, And the more I started sharing, the more feedback I got. I got like clients from it, people reaching out. I had other opportunities. And that, again, built my confidence to start leaning into my voice. And so I feel like the more I spoke the more I got clear on what mattered to me and sort of what I stood for and what resonated with the folks that I want to connect with too, right? So the more I did that, the more clear I am now on like, what are the things I what are the things I want to talk about? What are the things I stand for? What are the things perhaps I'm known for? Um, and I've really leaned into those more and more as like time has gone on. And so I think the best thing I have done is really just built that voice and brand through talking yeah. <laughs> and through and through putting it out there and it's so hard like when I look back to like Sarah from a couple of years ago I'm like yeah. you know she's still like deeply uncomfortable at that idea yeah. <laughs> like, um yeah. but, but now I'm much more now I see the rewards of that and and like the benefits of doing that because really until you start articulating things and getting feedback you can't figure out at least I think so you can't figure out exactly what resonates and you build that experience and you build that conversation around it. Yes. I love that you say sawdust. I've actually never heard of it like that. And I'm totally going to use that. So thank you for that. (laughs) Because when I talk to clients, when they're first starting a podcast, we talk about starting like with some solo episodes and it's really, really hard for a lot of us. um, And everybody, you know, that imposter syndrome creeps in because we just don't know we don't have that confidence level to know. We we know our information. We know what we're talking about, especially when yeah. we work one-on-one with a client. But to get like one-on-one with a microphone and do a solo episode, like what? So I do talk to clients about going back and seeing what they have, have already created. So I love that you have touched on that because I think that's so important. We have already laid a really good foundation and already have tons of information that we can like go back in and and kind of create some mini sods on because why not like we don't have to recreate things that we already have so I love that you um, said that do you did you start with like so many solo episodes or do you kind of incorporate them now like how do you have your podcast uh, structured or formatted yeah so I started with a bunch of solo episodes I think I recorded four but then I also had a few people that I invited in on guests right away and so I mixed up I think like the first eight episodes are probably half me half guests and so I reached out to a couple pals who I knew would be willing to dive in with me as a guest because I wanted to feel you know safe and comfy with them Um, And then I reached out to a few people who were sort of on my wish list who said yes as well. I thought would be really good guests. And I was really intrigued by what they were doing. And yeah, they said yes as well. And so that was nice. So the cadence was always supposed to be me guest, me guest. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has changed over time. So recently I have a lot more guest episodes and I want to get back more into solo episodes because the truth is I realize the more solo episodes I have, that's when I get more people reaching out about like working with me and talking to me or in opportunities. They still will love the guest episodes and things, but I get a lot more connection, let's say with the, with my, with my audience through the solos. So I want to do more of those um, over time. And I'm thinking about shortening them, to be honest with you, because I think at one point I felt like I had to make them so long 
but now I'm more willing to say like it's fine if it's like 10 20 minutes that's okay totally. like they can be bite-sized I don't have to put this all this yes. big pressure on myself pressure. so that's the plan <laughs> and yeah so cool actually one of the podcasts that I follow does regular shorts like episodes and they're you know 10 15 max and I get a lot of value out of them and I think that's fantastic like because you don't have to there's no room for fluff in audio right like it's yeah. you have to get to, I mean you can repeat yourself numerous times <laughs> but then you're gonna lose people right so I love that you said that um you know you're gonna con- kind of condense that because I think people just need to get to the point right because sometimes some episodes need or some content needs a little bit more length to create that story and and you know emphasize what you're getting there across, but they don't all have to be. So that's really good to know. What about this experience now that you've got two years under your belt and you've been, you got all this experience. Has it made you a better speaker? Has, you know, you mentioned the confidence levels come up. Have you had opportunities to speak in front of other audiences more? And how has that gone if you have had that opportunity? Yeah, I think since starting my own podcast, I am, as I mentioned, I'm more assured in like the things that I want to talk about and the things that resonate. So when opportunities have arisen, I will go back to think about some of those topics that have landed and might suggest those. I would also say that when I have pitched myself, it's been a lot easier because people like to know that you can talk. Um, And so the fact that I'm a host and not have just been on a podcast, I feel like I'm more likely to get like a solid, oh yeah, you have a podcast, cool. You can come on for sure. It's also led to some nice exchanges with people. Like you come on mine, I'll come on yours type of thing, which has again, opened up some doors that wouldn't have happened. Um, I've talked in a lot more summits and online conferences since having a podcast as well. And I think that's just more of my comfort level since becoming a host, let's say. That's awesome. So your podcast is called The Launch Playbook. Has there been any um, episodes that really stood out to you? Just kind of like highlights of your season or your year, like or guests episodes that guests that came on that you were just like, oh my gosh, that was such a good conversation. Oh my gosh. I mean, I have loved every every single conversation I get like sucked into. I know. And I, I'm always thinking like, okay, I'm going to try to keep it to 30, but they're always like 40. Yeah. <laughs> and I can keep going because it's so interesting once you get in, involved in this conversation. And I feel like, and maybe you do too, Kim, when I get to have these one-on-one conversations, it feels like I'm so lucky, right? I'm getting to really pick the brain and the strategies and ask all the things I want of these super yes. smart people yeah. <laughs> who I really admire and love the work that they're doing. And I get to like have their full attention for that hour. So I just like eat yes. it up. I love it. Um, yeah. The few that have really stood out to me in particular right now, I would say would be, there was one with I did with Heather Sager. So she's a speaking coach and it was all around being on a webinar and how to really sell on a webinar. And I loved that one because I think it's so challenging mm-hmm. <laughs> to sell on a webinar and not feel maybe kind of like sleazy or yucky when you go to make the segue yeah. into selling. Um, and, and Heather has such a fun way of doing it. She's not like this perfect speaker, but she's, she's a good speaker, right? Like she's really engaging. So cool. And she has like these neat ways to make you feel like you can go out in there and do it. I also love talking with Aura Batuo Batuo of B Squared Social. So she's like all around reels. So she shared her reel strategy for launches. So that was neat. She talked about exactly how she did it, the timing, the cadence, the type of reel she put together. So that was a really fun one because I think it could be great for a pre-launch 
And then my other one, my other favorites was with Hillary Wise. We talked about doing hot seats um, and hot seats. I love that for, and you know, a launch event essentially. And it was kind of fun because it was something different than most people are doing. So it's, it's a chance to like showcase your coaching as opposed to maybe just teaching like through a webinar, you get to showcase your teaching in like live in real time. So I love that one as well. But honestly, like I could go through every guest and tell you. The I know. I I took know right? Well, I'm <laughs> glad that you pulled out a few and I'll definitely have them in the show notes for people to go to and listen in on because I think, yeah, it, it really just kind of depends on where you're at too, right? In, yeah. in your business and life and what kind of really stands out and some people's personalities just like you just really click together. And so the mm-hmm. conversation is just like fantastic. So that's super cool. Thanks, Sarah, for, for sharing that. What about how does your personality fit in? And I think this has been something that's come up when I've interviewed a few people lately. Like, how does your personality fit with how you not only develop content, but present it? So you have this this audio format in podcasting. How else do you fit in your personality with how you share your information, your content? So on the podcast, like how am I, is my, my weaving my personality into that and how's that? Yeah. Well, that's one part of it. And then also how do you like outside of this, do do you do a lot of video content? Are you more comfortable with like, or do you do static posts more? So I just feel like, you know, cause video is for me is just not a comfort level and I know it's so like, it's not going away either, but how do you kind of like do something that feels right with who you are, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, So I would say that that has also evolved over time. (laughs) I'm definitely an introvert, but I would thrive like one-on-one. So that's what I like about the podcast with a guest is like, I can get really more like exuberant and louder sounding and kind of get silly, especially one-on-one. So I have liked that format. It's worked really well for me. I like talking to the guests over video, but so far we haven't recorded the video. It's something I want to do. I know it's something you and I talked about a little bit. So it's on my roadmap for 2023 to considering doing video podcast so that I can have the clips and things for social and maybe put on YouTube with, with the actual video. I won't lie. Like it makes me uncomfortable as an introvert. I'd much rather not do that, but I can see the benefits even just for social clips and things like that. I I, I know that will help because right now I do like wave files. So we'll do audio clips and things from the podcast. I'm totally comfortable with that. But I know that it would give me so much more. I think what I have to do is I'll probably have to psych myself up for it a lot more, (laughs) which will mean like really making sure my hair is done, my makeup's done and all those things. I know other people do that all the time, but I'm definitely like, I'm definitely a top knot. Like, let's not wear wear a bra unless we have to kind of girl. Right. But you know what, though? I think a lot of us could relate to that. And so I don't think being too far out of who you are is good either. So I think that's good to recognize. But I also think the short form, like being able to pull the quotes with the video, at least that's a good place to start because it's not like, we're not talking like 30 minutes of... Exactly. I think think that's where I'm going to start with is we'll record and I'll pull some clips and then we'll move into, you know, eventually putting some more of them on YouTube. And maybe I'll go back and put the ones I'd record on YouTube. But that is a start. YouTube does scare me a little bit more. It feels like, like you said, a bit more intimidating because it's like, let's just stare at her for 40 minutes talking. (laughs) (laughs) How's that interesting? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, And, but I think 
because it's on my platform too, and I'm inviting the guests on as an introvert, it's allowed me to feel safer because I feel like yeah. I usually either know them or they've been a great referral from somebody um, or they yeah. somebody I have followed and I really like can't wait to talk to you because I already think their stuff is amazing. On yeah. And so it has allowed me to be more me. Um, mm-hmm. And... And, but also realizing that we're not all the same. So I know I talked to one person, I was on her podcast and she talked about how like she's really extroverted and I'm really introverted, but it still works and it all works for, we can all be who we are and come across and tell our stories and connect with people. I know I have lots of people telling me they connect with the things I'm sharing and I'm sure whether, however your personality is, you're going to get the same thing as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite platforms, Descript. If you're creating video or audio content for your online business, then you need to check out the platform Descript. Descript is an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as a Word doc. Upload media or record directly in Descript to instantly transcribe your file into text. Then tweak the text to directly edit your media clips. Edit out filler words such as um, ahs, and likes and silent gaps with a single click. Record your screen and webcam for presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before hitting publish. Use pro editing features such as a non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto captioning, exports, and much more. To try this platform risk-free, check out the free plan at Descript.com or check out the link in the show notes. You have a lot of experience in copywriting. When you work with your clients, how do you help them find their brown voice? I know we talked about it just briefly, how this is podcasting has really helped you develop yours. How do you help your clients find theirs? So I find that a lot of the times, if they've been producing content, it it really is, it does exist in the world. Essentially, Mm -hmm. they just haven't identified what it is. And so ideally, the best case scenario is a client is already creating content and that could be content that they have done, you know, reels, podcasts, they have been on something or even their written content, I could say on Instagram, right? More and more people are doing reels and things like that. So I get to see the way they speak, but the more I can hear them talk, the more we can pull out their brand voice because we, we write differently than we talk. Oftentimes I find a lot of my clients will really censor their writing and they'll try to like professionalize their writing. And I think that goes back to high school and college and all those things. Totally. Yeah. Um, But when you hear them talk, it's, it sounds quite different. So I'm always trying to get them to lean into more of the way that they actually speak because that's who they are. And so what we do is I'll have them So like, what are some podcast episodes? Maybe do you have some recordings from sales calls that you've had? But even also, what are are the things that you are always getting asked from clients? What are your responses? So I have this whole questionnaire I give them. I call like a guide to you. And I ask them things like, how do you say hello? What are you known for? What are the things that you're always saying? Like, what are the phrases you find yourself repeating? Do you use swears? Like, what kind? What are, you, sure. what are, your, what are your go-to emojis? Um, if you could talk about anything, what would you be doing? If your brand had a personality, what would it be doing? And I always say mine would be like sipping tea, having a scone with a like a Hudson Bay blanket on me, <laughs> a hot water bottle, and like some kind of like a little bit smutty romance novel. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much what I would be doing in my free time. But but I'm like, it's cozy, right? Is really what I'm getting cut at. And so I I talk about, I help them dig out those kind of things. Like, what are your quirks? What do you love? What do you loathe? 
And we identify that. We pull all of that out. What are the stories that you're sharing over and over again? Because I bet you there are ones that you're constantly repeating. What are the shows that you're always talking about? Or what are the gifts that you tend to lean towards? I'm always picking at Schitt's Creek ones. Like those tend to be some of my go-to ones or Ted Lasso. I don't know, like Kim, do you use gifts? I don't, but I know I have, it's so funny because you have certain friends that yeah. do all the time and, it, and it's so reflective of who they are. It's so funny. I'm like, yeah. I really should start because <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. But even that's something important to know. Like if we were creating your brand voice guide to know which, like you, so you don't use that. So maybe there's something else that you're sharing instead. So we really go in to look at what are the common patterns and things that you're saying and repeating and talking about and sharing. And that's where we start pulling out your brand voice. So you're like, this is who it is. And it's, maybe it's like warm or, or maybe it's a little bit like sarcastic and witty. I have one client who's like, I am like your best cheerleader, but she's like, I talk violence. I'm the person who will be like, oh, that person cut me off at, at the grocery right. store. I'm, I'm going to go shove my cart into there. Like, oh my gosh. No, she would never actually do it. She's like, but no, that's, that's, what, true. But that's, that's what where her brain goes to, right? She's like, I'm going to yeah. shove my cart at them. And then she like laughs and, and she gets in her car. <laughs> so, so funny. But we kind of can pull that out a little bit of like that sarcastic kind of like dark side sometimes into her yes. emails and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But like, but it's like a light, it's like a humor side, but the fact is like it, it exists. Whereas right. like my brain doesn't go there. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about that. Um, so th- those are just some of the really things that we start doing. I bet that'd be a really fun experience because I, when I f- first, you know, think about creating and doing all that paperwork, I'm like, oh, that sounds like exhausting and a little intimidating. But mm-hmm. just some of the questions that you ask your clients through the workbook that you were just talking about, it sounds like actually a really fun experience because even now I'm like, oh, what? I'm because I am actually sarcastic, like yeah. 110%. That's where I go. <laughs> Um, but I, I love that whole, like, you know, I, I also love, I love simplicity and I love good quality of things. So simplified, but good quality. I'm not going to cheap out just because whatever. I, I like things to last a little bit longer and I like the way things feel, even if it's like a coffee cup, like I like the way it has to feel right in my hand. Otherwise I'm like, I'll just put it in the back of the cupboard and I keep bringing (laughs) out my, you know, I never use it. But I, I just think that that it sounds like actually a really fun experience to kind of go through. And I think it would really be helpful when, you know, knowing or even thinking maybe your writing should be a little bit more reflective of who you are instead of yeah. so professionalized. Well, or, the more like the know, more aware of who we are, the easier it is for us to write and not get stuck like at that blinking cursor or what to say, right? Yes. The more the more we can lean into it. And of course we want to have like a professional side because we're professionals, but yes. it doesn't mean we still can't be us, right? We still can't yes. show up as ourselves. Um yeah. You know, like for myself, I actually do like swear a little bit at home, but not a lot. But I think that for me, um, like I was a teacher for 10 years, right? So it's so scrubbed out of my everyday vocabulary because I just couldn't use it at work, obviously. Right. (laughs) And so right now, like I will swear the odd time, but it's very rare, but I could be, but I'll do it like if I'm out with girlfriends then you'll yeah. hear me more drop like an F-bomb. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's shocking. It's just like, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just so scrubbed for me. Right. And that's, and again, that's like my background, but I think it's a really fun exercise to do your brand voice. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when you see people talk about it, they're just, they'll just like have adjectives like, Oh, you're again, you're like witty, you're funny, but you need to go deeper. So like funny, like what, like you're sarcastic, like give examples. And so, you know, I had one of my clients, she's always like, she puts everything through like a current events framework. So 
she'll always put something to a show. She watches a lot of shows, right? Like, okay. or like things on Netflix. So we'll always give, so she could be like, you, you teach through pop culture. So we'll actually give examples of what that might look like, right? Like, so we might talk about, I know we talked for a few of her things around, what was it? Inventing Anna. She had some examples around that or like the the housewives show. I don't watch that, but like some of those ones. So we'll always pull samples in. So it's really great if you can identify the way you talk, but then what that actually translates to, like what that looks like. Here's an example of that in my talk. That totally makes sense. I love having like concrete examples so that it just makes, I can like kind of relate it to something that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you have recently opened up your coffee boutique of coffee templates. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what that looks like and how people can actually implement them into their business? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited about it. It's been on my goal list for quite a while. Um, So my copy boutique is, I call it a limited edition uh, copy boutique and limited edition because I'm only going to sell a certain number of the templates before I essentially archive them and then do a new set. And that's just because I know like I've, and I probably know it more than other people, but I've been in the business like quite a long time. So I know that there are templates out there that have been like making the rounds for like 10 years, right? And you still kind of see them and I start seeing them everywhere. And so what I want them to feel more special, essentially, like people have it. it. And also I want it to evolve, right? Because the truth is what worked maybe seven years ago isn't working now. So I'm always going to involve them in general and change them as things are working. So it's limited edition. Uh, The difference also with my copy boutique is everything comes with a mini workshop. So I actually walk you through the strategy. I don't want you just to take my template and and just like fill in the blank. I want you to learn from it so that you can become a better writer essentially, right? So I walk you through what you need to have in every single email. Like what are the must haves that you need to keep? And then where can you make the changes? So yes, I give like language suggestions and writing suggestions, but all I talk about how you can again, switch those to the thing that makes sense for you, right? The way you say hi, like the funny story you might tell. Um, But I give some samples of what that could be to help you get started in case you want to lean on them. But then I talk about the must-haves, like what you must keep, like the segue or like this, this CTA, this type of CTA, because I want you to know how to convert as well, of course. So there's a training yeah. in there. They all come with a couple little bonuses. Um, there's like a sales page workbook. It comes with some bonuses for visuals. There's a VIP day one. It comes with some bonuses for, I think I have like variations of the, the actual pitch. And so that you can reuse the, the sales sequence like several times with the different pitches. And so I try to like make it really like robust and easy to use and not just sending you a Google Doc, which a lot of them do. Like I actually want you to learn and yeah, become a better writer, as I said. So those are available. I have four things out in the shop right now and I'll probably do a couple more. Oh my gosh. I love this idea so much. I love that you're making them feel just a little bit more unique and special than standard templates that that we have seen, like you said, and and the learning, because I really do feel um, a lot of us are trying to learn as much as we can because we, a lot of us are solopreneurs still, right? Absolutely. So we're doing what we can with what we have. And so building capacity within others to be able to have that skill to be able to carry on in their business, I think is amazing, Sarah. I can't wait to check them out. That's Thank you. so cool. That's so cool. What's, the favorite, what's your favorite part? I think you touched on this a little bit of, about what you do as a copywriter for clients. I know you specialize more in launches. Is that kind of 
where your kind of like superpower is or what you really enjoy, you know, even like, cause, cause you've been doing this for a little while now. So what's your favorite part of it? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. Um, let's see. No, I'm asking about I, favorite things. Yeah, I love, I love talking about favorite things. So, um, so yeah, I specialize in launches, which means really I do everything from like your lead magnet to your launch event planning and writing to sales page to like fulfillment really. Right. So I do all the things along the way. I love them all. The two things I think are my favorite. No, I'm going to say three. Is that three? Okay, Kim, can I pick three? (laughs) Um, I love writing sales pages. They are sort of like, I would say I have a love hate. So there's always some point during a sales page where I'll turn to my husband and I'll be like, I hate this. (laughs) I need a candy. I need a chocolate bar or something. And that's how do best. I get through this? Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's best when I walk away, usually for like about 24 hours or 40 hours, and I come back to it. Um, because just sometimes there's like a point now where I'm like, oh, this is just like, it's almost there, but I know it could just, I just know it needs a little like yeah. tweak or two, and I'm just not getting it. But I really love seeing them come together because when they come together, a sales page, and then you see them designed, they're one, they look beautiful, they're telling the story, they're selling. Mm-hmm. And plus, I know. Even if someone did not have me write their sales emails, they could pull from everything from that sales page, right? There's always so like cool. the FAQ part. There's a, if it's mm-hmm. perfect for you, there, here's what you're dreaming of and why I can, and why my thing is great for you. And that's all in the sales page. So what I like about it is you talked about building capacity. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say as a side note, if you're going to hire a copyright for anything and you only do one thing, do the sales page because it will oh, do tip. you so well for everything yeah. else. You can really pull from it. Even myself, when I'm feeling like I do my own launches, I will do the sales page first and I will just really like almost copy and paste from my sales page into an email. If I'm feeling like really tight for time and I don't have time to go into like, let's say more story based and stuff, I will pull yep. from there because it's already written. Um, so wow. I love the sales pages. I love planning the strategy. It's so fun to like talk about what you could do and who your audience is, what bonuses do they need? What launch event would really resonate? That's just like fun to do. And I love doing the research. So that's my other favorite part. Uh, really? so the re- the research says that one. I know, right? But the research is at the, at the beginning. And yeah. what I like about it is it sets the tone for everything, right? So if you yeah. skip over this research part and by research, I mean, maybe sending a survey to your email list, uh, looking at onboarding forms, having some client interviews, maybe looking at what people are saying to people who are industry peers in your, when you're doing something similar to you and really looking around, I want to call it like the customer journey. So people who don't yet know about you to people who do know about you and what are the things that are on their hearts and minds and keeping them up at night and what are they doing up until they learn about your offer and what right. you, your world essentially, I find that really so fascinating and important. And you learn so many about the opportunities and gaps and the things that you can talk about. So if I don't start with that, I find it really challenging to write a really good launch sequence. And I find that I wouldn't feel good doing that for somebody else. Um, you can do that for yourself. That's totally fine. But I actually won't work with someone on a full launch, like on my big launch packages, unless we do research. Yeah. Um, because I can't, feel like I can, I can never guarantee results. Like there's so many other things right. in, at play, right? Audience, right. like county numbers, all those things. But I can't feel like I'm setting you up for that success unless we've done that research because I want to know what they need us to talk about. Like right. what do they need to hear from you? What are their worries so we can address them? 
you know, what are the things that they really want? And do our bonuses reflect that? Do we help them Mm -hmm. with that? So that's why I like the research because it sets a tone for the strategy for the sales page. And it sets you up for so much content, like beyond the launch, when you've done that research, you, you pretty much know what to talk about for the entire year. Like you can look at that as your game plan for the entire year and say, okay, here's all my podcast episodes I need to talk about. If I talk about these 20 things over the next year, I'm already setting people up to be ready for my offer because I've addressed all these, you know, these types of topics and ideas. So that's what I love about it. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I think people, like you said, tend to overstep that a little bit too quick because I think laying down that foundation really does set you up for success for everything. And, And even when I take on a new client for a launch, if we don't build a strategy around what all their other offers are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, Sarah, maybe me and you should talk about some things because it's just like so important. And, and I don't even dive even close to the research that it sounds that like you do um, to lay that great foundation. So that's really, really key. I think that's so important. Um, what's, I know you talked a little bit about this too. You got the week open now for your templates. What's next on the list for Sarah, for your business um, in the new, in the new year? I like to just tighten up and lean into the things that I have going on. So I really like that the copy, the copy boutique is fairly new. It's like soft launch, let's call in September. And I haven't actually really been talking about it to my list and things right now because I had some other things I was talking about. So I'm looking forward to really putting like promotions and plans around the copy boutique. I want to grow that. I'm going to, I'm air quoting here, like the passive side of my business, but the part that doesn't just involve me, I want to grow that. That's been part of my hope and dream for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to continue to serve. I, you know, I serve a handful of clients through my big launch package a year. I probably only take like five or six of that because they're quite a big project. Um, I want to continue doing that. And then I would love to lean into doing more messaging for people. So when we were talking about doing this, like this copy research, I am just about to hit publish on a VIP intensive. I'm not going to call it a day because it's going to take like a, it's going to take a week because you have to do interviews and things where I make people's copy playbooks, I call them, where I literally do all the research for them, put it together in their customer journey. And I'm also opening a DIY version of that for people as well. So those are the things that I'm really excited about for January. Oh my gosh, that sounds yeah. super interesting and exciting. I love it. I love it. I love it. Before I let you go, I'm going to jump into a couple of rapid fire questions where you don't have to like put too much thought into them. But before I do that, where can people find you, Sarah? You can find me on Instagram at my name. And I'm sure, Kim, you'll put it in the show notes. I know sometimes my last name can be hard to spell. Or on my website, sarahvartanian.com. Awesome. Yes, I will definitely put it in the show notes. Okay, a couple of rapid fire questions just for some fun. Um, how do you shake off like a really stressful day? Like what's your go to thing? I think you maybe talked about this too. A tea and maybe a book. <laughs> yeah, a tea, a book, something cozy, like a hot water bottle blankie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes some kind of like little treat. So like a little bit of chocolate or sometimes like I'm not I'm not the baker in the house or the cook, but my husband will like sometimes bake these things are called quickies they're like ah. it's like chocolate um i don't know chocolate oats and like coconut and they're quick oh, because you can make them in like 10 minutes yeah um so sometimes if i'm like having a really bad day i'll make those for me <laughs> oh that is awesome that is so great um what would you what would you tweet your younger self knowing what you know now Ooh, what would i tweet my younger self 
I would say to just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Like I wish like even now, like I don't show up as much as I should. I, I definitely can fall into my rabbit hole of my work. And forget about my own business. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to say keep showing up because the more every time I start showing up, it translates to steadiness in my business, which then you know I sleep yes. better. <laughs> There's less worries. Yes. There's all these other good things happening yes. when I keep showing keep up. Showing up. I love that. I love that. What would you say is the strangest thing about entrepreneurship now that you've been in it for a little while? Oh my gosh! I think one of the strangest things would be. I find it kind of challenging to have friends now who aren't entrepreneurs. Uh, Sometimes I don't know what to talk about because I think that my business is so interesting. (laughs) And I think think business is so interesting. Like I could talk about business all the time. So I have found it more challenging to stay close to some of my friends who I don't see because I work from home as much because they're talking about their office and I just like, they definitely can't relate to what I'm probably saying. Um, yes. So I find it challenging. So I, I kind of love having like business besties who are like yes. good friends who are also mm-hmm. in business. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause we can kind of geek out about everything then. <laughs> There's so many things to geek out about for sure. Oh my gosh. Is there a podcast that you've been listening to or a book that's really kind of helped you with your business recently or just kind of help guide you or anything that you just like for entertainment? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, there are so many things like, well, I was going to say I'm obsessed with like the Toronto library app right now because I'm okay. such a voracious reader that I am like, I think I've read like 200 and something books this year. And so oh I gosh. am always highlighting, I am always highlighting like phrases from books that I like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I recently read this book, The Diary. I think it's like, no, the library of the dictionary of lost words or something like that, that I really loved. So cool. And there's just like a lot of things I highlighted in there. So I want to just say I love reading like in general and that's what I've been doing a lot. I sometimes find it challenging to listen to podcasts unless I'm out walking or doing like chores around the house. I'm not someone who can listen to them while I'm working or doing other stuff. I I think it's maybe it's just like the writer side of me. I have to like kind of have quiet. I don't listen to things. But when I am listening to a podcast, I tend to listen. Uh, I like the Heather Sager podcast, Social App podcast. Sometimes I listen to like Amy Porterfield's Claire Patrell's Get Paid. Those are a few of my go-tos. Yes, a couple of my favorites in there too. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Sarah. I think you really gave my listeners a few really, really good tips about copywriting because I feel like copywriting is just one of those areas that we all have to use, we all have to do, but it's so intimidating. So I really feel like you have some tools and some tips that you can that we can all use to better our businesses. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on here today, Kim. It was so fun to talk to you. I always enjoy it and I can't wait to continue our conversations offline as well. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, talk soon. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.